This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Food Heals Podcast, Episode 130. We're feeling the way we're feeling because of the way we're thinking. Thoughts create the emotions that create our response, our reaction, our action, or inaction, which creates the quality of our life. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you experience any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet a Kardashian immediately. All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Happy New Year, Sus. Happy New Year, Allie. Do you have any uh, resolutions or intentions for the new year? You know, I always wait too long. I should probably figure them out beforehand. Yeah, I always set them. <laughs> I start in February. January, I'm too busy. Yeah, I'll set some. Okay. It's not right now. We'll talk about them when yeah. we're ready. <laughs> <laughs> By Valentine's Day. On Valentine's Day, let's do our intentions. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Today's guest is Heather Blankenship, soon to be Fanton because she's getting married. Congratulations, Heather. And I had the pleasure of meeting her at my Spirit Junkie Masterclass Level 2 training with Gabrielle Bernstein at this beautiful yoga retreat center, Kripalu. It was up in Massachusetts, and it was just a beautiful experience. And the more I got to know Heather, you know, we were there for a week doing this intense, deep healing work, and I just knew this girl had to be on our show. Heather believes that there is a fundamental shift occurring in our understanding of how to approach health, why we get sick, and even how to heal. Now more than ever, it is crucial to understand the role that we play as conscious co-creators in the outcome of not only our health and well-being, but in every single aspect of our lives. That is so important. Imagine just how different your entire life would be if you felt well-rested, balanced, and whole. If you were positively contributing to the well-being of others and society just by healing yourself, and what a difference it would make globally if we embraced and loved every aspect of ourselves, both our light and our dark. That's what Heather is here to talk about today, just in time for the new year. Yes. Happy 2017. But before we get to our interview with Heather, we just want to tell you about our sponsor. Today's sponsor is none other than the Global Healing Center, the one-stop shop for all of your natural needs. You know we love their Aqua Spirit Refreshing Spray and their Parfait Visage, and my new favorite are their Detox Foot Pads, but that's not all. I love the Detox Foot Pads. Uh, they have tons of health-boosting products like their Vegan Safe B12, which is essential for anyone on a plant-based vegan diet. They also have their Harmful Organisms Kit to help you cleanse and eliminate any of those nasty parasites. You guys remember that episode, right? Uh, <laughs> yuck. <laughs> Number 113, Foodles Nation. If you've not checked it out, please do. Yes. Sorry. And you can get, <laughs> you can get a massive... 20% discount on all Global Healing Center products with the coupon code FOODHEALS. And let me just say, I've also started using their cleanses, and I love them. I know. They have a good face wash, too. They do? Yes. Oh, I'm going to get 20% off. Yes, you are. Next up, our interview with Heather. Heather. <laughs> 
The Food Hills Podcast starts now. Today we're here with an incredible new friend of mine, Heather. She's a transformational coach and founder of the Soul on Fire Retreats for Women, who has been studying and facilitating healing modalities for two decades. Her own journey of awakening led her around the world for 15 years to heal, explore, connect, and learn from many different cultures and traditions. Highly gifted and intuitive, Heather blends her vast experience and training in work such as heart-centered hypnotherapy, transformational inner work, personal and spiritual growth and development, mind-body medicine, meditation and mindfulness, and whole health education. Welcome, my friend, Heather. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, Allie. We're so glad to have you. So Heather and I met on this I am not exaggerating when I say life transforming retreat with Gabrielle Bernstein. It's called Spirit Junkie Masterclass. We went to level two together and it is so powerful. And Heather just had so many amazing things to say that I was like, this girl needs to be on our podcast like tomorrow. So (laughs) I'm so happy to have you on tonight. Thank you. So let's talk about really, um, can you just tell us how you got started in this world of holistic health and healing? Yeah, well, I've been on the path for about 20 years now. And that's so crazy that I can even say that. Um, I always say that I chose to wake up really young so that I could get started early. (laughs) Love that. And, um, you know, and in order to do that, I had to have a lot of really tough stuff happen to get down on my knees so that I would be ready and willing to make some really big changes. Um, and I feel just so fortunate and blessed that I had the experiences that I had when I had them and that I was able to get started on this path so young. Um, I was very open. I was really allowing myself to be intuitively guided and it took me on an incredible journey. And I just feel so blessed to have had the experiences that I've had ever since then. And so you really talk about, you know, transforming traumas and how to live like this heart-centered, fulfilled life. So what was your experience like that led you there? Like what what did you go through? It kind of the story goes back to to childhood, you know, and how I grew up and just this this feeling and and now I know, you know, now I know I wasn't alone in that feeling of just never really feeling like I I fit in like I belonged anywhere. I never felt like I was good enough. I added up to everyone else in in my circle. And I just really wanted to be accepted and wanted to be liked. And I ended up, you know, I was dancing all of my life. And that was a place where I felt so at home and all eyes were on me. And my family would show up and watch me dance and Somewhere along the way in high school, I ended up um, getting sick and not able to continue to dance. And that was really the start of sort of a destructive cycle, a pattern in my life Mm -hmm. where um, I ended up, you know, with the wrong crowd and up to no good and partying a lot and lost my virginity before I wanted to and didn't even realize that it had happened in in a not good way until years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I ended up getting in like five car accidents from the time I was a, a junior in high school until after high school. My parents had divorced and then really just it just kept building and building. You know, there was just one trauma and accident or injury 
um, after the next. I was with a guy. I made up with him. I would break up with him. We would <laughs> just went never been there. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> the, high school, the high school drama relationship, you know. And um, after that, I just. I was like in, in this place, I just, I wanted to get out of my house. I wanted to be out on my own. I was always very independent and I didn't feel like I fit in at home either. So I left the weekend I graduated and moved out. Um, and that, that summer was pretty wild and crazy. (laughs) And it ended up, you know, I ended up getting into another car accident where I broke the windshield with my forehead. Oh my um, God. And yeah. Can and I ask I, a question, Heather? Were you yeah. causing these accidents? Like why were you in so many accidents or were you drink, driving under the influence? No, I was sober. They were not my fault. There were a couple of them that were accidents in the truest sense where, you know, I, at the, this one, I was driving on a bumper to bumper freeway. And, um, there was someone far in front of me and I reached down to grab a cassette tape. (laughs) (laughs) Dating yourself. (laughs) I reached down to grab it. And because I reached down to grab it, I didn't have my seatbelt on in that moment. And he slammed on his brakes and I ran and I just bumped into him, but the jolt was strong enough that I jumped, you know, I jumped up out of my seat and smashed my windshield. Wow. Um, the car accidents, I was just, there was just constant, constantly these calls for me to wake up. It took a lot of different things to get me there, to get me on my knees, to get me to examine my life and and the way that I was choosing to live my life, my lifestyle, this, this fast lifestyle that I was living. A week after my car accident, I was raped by someone that I knew out in the party scene. Mm. Um, he, threatened to kill me if I said anything to anyone. And that was the beginning of my awakening. Oh, my God. How traumatic. Yeah. So traumatic. After that moment, I really I was too scared to go out anymore. Mm, I yeah. I couldn't trust going out at night and going to the clubs. I loved to dance. So I loved to go out and dance all night to the music. And um, that was a big part of my release of all of the, you know, stuff that was happening at home and the stuff that had happened with that first boyfriend of mine and just all of these things that I didn't know how to process on my own. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the tools to understand why I felt the way that I did. And finally, after that happened, I was forced to get on my knees and surrender. And I remember telling this guy that I was dating about what had happened and his response after he you know left the room and just tried to compose himself he he didn't know how to process this information he came back in and he sat down on the bed next to me and he looked at me and he just said all you have to do is say yes and i will make one phone call and this guy will never hurt you again like he's going to murder him <laughs> i have I didn't want to know the answer to that question. Jesus. But in that moment, something just, it was like a lightning bolt came to me. It was just this, just this, like the veil was lifted. I finally saw the life that I was living, who I was hanging out with, what they were up to, what kind of life they were leading. And this voice just came to me. It was like, I now know this voice to be the voice of my inner guide. And it just was so strong. And just this 
very strong, almost forceful message that I was not living the life that I was intended to be living in this lifetime. And I had a lot of work to do and I needed to wake up. Wow. That's powerful. Change my life. And that was when I was 18. I had just turned 18. Wow. So that, that is young to have quite so much trauma and such a sh- huge awakening. Yes. Like, have your aha moment at 18. Yeah. And after that, I started, you know, I, I w- went into hiding a little bit. I, I did report it. I was, I was actually, I was seeing a counselor who was helping um, rape victims. Mm. And this was in another city. And she asked me questions about this guy. And then she said to me, you know, what is his dad's name? And she looked at me and I told her, because I knew what his dad's name was, this weird nickname. I won't say it, but, Mm -hmm. you know, she, she looked at me and she said, I've seen three of his other victims here this year. Oh my God. Oh my God. Whoo. Wow. When she told me that, I knew that I needed to do whatever I could to try to stop any other women from getting hurt. Even though he told me if I said anything, he would find me and he would kill me. And I did believe him because he carried a gun with him. That's terrifying. Yeah. So I spent that winter at different people's homes, trying to just move around, Mm -hmm. not be in the same place at the same time. I ended up going to the police in downtown Seattle where I was living and this was a recommendation from my counselor to where to go and who to report this to. They dismissed what I was saying. They told me that a restraining order was difficult to um, see through and that, you know, it wouldn't really do any good anyways. And they told me that he didn't have any priors. And I, you know, it it was two men. Oh my God. This is so ridiculous. These two men speak to me in that way. A scared teenage girl brave enough to go down right. to downtown Seattle by herself and walk in there and tell these men what happened to me. Yeah. You would think that's the hardest part, right? Is to get over the fact that, okay, this guy's already threatened your life yes. and that you have to move around and that's scary enough and you don't know what's going to happen, but you've gotten up the courage to go and share what happened to you, this traumatic, horrible thing. And here yeah. are these two men going, don't yeah. even bother. Just turn right around. Yeah. That's horrible. It's disgusting. I got on my knees. I'm telling you, I knew I had to just radically change my life and I started seeking healing. And I remember it was earlier on that year, you know, I was starting to read books like the Celestine Prophecy that was back in 1996. I remember that one. I never read that one. I was so into it. Totally. And I, and I read Caroline May's Energy Anatomy, Mm -hmm. um, Anatomy of the Spirit. And I was listening to some Louise Hay and I had Wayne Dyer, Dr. Wayne Dyer on repeat on my mm-hmm. cassette. That was probably the cassette I was grabbing when I oh got my all these God. cassettes. <laughs> she was listening to Wayne Dyer on cassette, you guys. That's I didn't discover Wayne Dyer until we had MP3. So that's how behind Heather I am. <laughs> I think I probably had a CD. Yeah, Suzy, you probably did. Because <laughs> you were into this earlier too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was. I'm yeah. the late bloomer here. And, you know, I just... I just started feeding my mind. I actually, that winter, I remember so clearly getting these, like just, I would, it was kind of like a dream. I didn't know what visions were back then. Mm -hmm. So I would have these visions. And one of the visions was me standing on this stage with an auditorium full of people. 
I couldn't clearly see their faces. I just saw all the heads and the lights kind of on them. And I recognized that I was speaking to them. And as I was speaking to them, they were healing. Wow, that's powerful. And I didn't understand what that meant. Previous to that, I, I had been dancing, I had been acting, I loved that expression of myself. And so I thought, well, maybe I'm supposed to go to Hollywood and become an actress. So people listen to me because I know I have something I'm going to have to say. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I thought maybe that would be how it would happen. And I would also then see this vision of now I know what it was because I've actually created them. But, you know, it was this wellness healing center Yes. A totally luxurious like experience where someone would come to actually trans completely transform from the inside out, outside in, literally like new hairstyle, healing all of the trauma, healing the pain, getting body work done, learning how to eat healthy, filling their mind with, with spiritual principles and teachings. And I would just see this in my mind. And it was very specific. It was a specific place. And uh, within, you know, uh, was it like eight years after that vision, I actually started creating and designing and conceptualizing these holistic healing concepts for luxury spas around the world. And um, I brought that vision to life. Yes. Um, And it was just, it was such, it was so amazing to have those visions back then and not know what they mean. Just know I'm being called in, in whatever way I can to help humanity heal. And I have work to do in this lifetime. And that was what I knew in every cell of my being. And I absolutely love the name of your retreats, Soul on Fire. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that just like set you on fire when you hear it? It's like, yes. I want my soul to be on fire in everything that I do. It's when we're complacent. It's when we're bored. It's when we're angry. It's when we're not letting anyone in, not letting the love in. We're not on fire. And I think we're meant. I'm a Sagittarius. so I'm always on fire. But (laughs) I think we're meant. (laughs) Yes, you are. You're literally always on fire. That's true. Be on fire. Yeah. So I just love that title. I think it's genius. Thank you. I just, I, you know, the, this whole journey has been so incredible. It literally took me, you know, when I was, I was like 19, I was in Hawaii. I was supposed to be there for about four days. I was there to learn massage, sports massage and massage the Ironman at the 1997 Ironman in Hawaii. <laughs> and, um, I went to the islands. It was the first time I had been in Hawaii. I won a massage table. I had never won anything like that before. That's great. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, okay, so am I supposed to do massage first? Like I was just, you know, I was in this state of, of asking questions and listening and allowing myself to be guided. And I just intuitively knew I wasn't supposed to leave Hawaii. I wasn't supposed to get back on the plane. Mm -hmm. I had a return flight. I had an apartment full of stuff back in Seattle, but I knew I wasn't supposed to go back to Seattle. And that I needed to go deeper into my healing and that it was going to be in Hawaii. So I stayed. And that was about three years of being in Hawaii and learning healing modalities and going even deeper into my own healing process until I felt ready. And then again was guided to leave because that call to help humanity heal was a lot bigger than just 
being able to understand how how Americans need to heal. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I knew then I was I was 21 and I just felt like I had to go and explore the world. I had to understand how different cultures think and feel and how their beliefs impact their healing process, their awakening process, even why they get sick. Yeah. You know, there there are cultural diseases that are more dominant in some cultures than others. Can you give and us that, some examples? Sorry to interrupt. Can you give us some examples? Yeah. So I ended up living in Germany for um, nine years. So from the time I was 20 to 30, I was speaking German, thinking in German, <laughs> ended up being very German experience. And I noticed some things that were really fascinating when I first got there. I was working in a rehabilitation center and a lot of my my patients had issues that people in America didn't have in the same way. And one of them being, for instance, when, when they, when they open the window and there's a draft and that draft is coming like near their necks or near their backs or anywhere near them, they're very sensitive to the draft and they're more prone to getting um, herniated discs than we are here in America from the draft. <laughs> really? That's crazy. <laughs> yes. And I was like, we don't, I don't, we don't think that way, you know? And so I realized. Is this something that they believe or something that you noticed or they believe that they get herniated discs from the draft? I was treating a lot of patients that would have herniated discs, right? And I just, that, you know, starting to kind of recognize the things that, that different people in different cultures say over and over and over again, and how deeply those beliefs impact what illnesses they get. So they're culturally telling themselves and their children and their friends that these drafts are causing these discs, and therefore it's kind of becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. Is that it? Yes. That's, this is fascinating to me right now. I never really thought, I mean, this makes so much sense, but I never really thought about it. Yeah, it's, wow. it is. And, you know, and when you live there for so long, I was there for 10 years. I, I mean, I dreamt in German. So. Yeah, they say that's when you really know another language is when you dream years. in it. Oh, when you dream in it. No, when you, yeah, when you dream in that language, <laughs> then you're, yeah. then you're there. Yeah, I was totally there. And I actually then left and I was in Southeast Asia and all over the place and then India. And that was another like three years until I came back to the U.S. four years ago. So I've just really been integrating. I always say like I had to come back and re reintegrate back into this matrix because it was totally different yeah. to me, you know, 15 years of being gone and then coming back um, to the US and to where I had left when I started this healing journey, it was like bringing all of that full circle and bringing it home with me so I could share it with people here. That's beautiful. And you came back to a really interesting time in US history because you came back with Obama's last four years leading into a somehow 180 of a Trump presidency, which is really crazy, I think, if you're coming from somewhere else, if it's not crazy enough that you're, when you're being here already. It is. And, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I know that I need to be here now and that it's important for me to be bringing this work and these tools to America. Um, my teachers, where I did my deepest transformational work were Americans, but 
they tried to start doing this work in America and it didn't take, like people weren't ready for it. So they went to Germany and the Germans were very open and very receptive to this deeper healing work. Um, and if you think about it, Germany went through a major breakdown. Yes, and yeah. They, they went through a lot of trauma and generational and shame and guilt, and they're carrying a lot of wounds. Yes. Collectively in their culture. So they were ready. Like they were like, I want to take myself on. I'm ready. I need to break these chains. And so that's where I did my deeper work was with them. And it was, you know, big groups and very intensive processes, very, very, very deep. And I had been on the path for 10 years at that point, And I thought I had done a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I always feel. I'm like, I'm so healed, you guys. Okay, you don't okay, even know. Okay. You don't even know. I have a question. I have a question. First of all, Heather, your, your resume is beyond impressive. I mean, I'm a body worker myself, but... Oh my God, you have trained around the world and opened so much. So my question, ladies, is do we ever get there? <laughs> do we ever fucking get there? Oh when are Excuse we done, like her- Heather? When are we done? Well, because well, I think about it myself. I mean, I myself, I was open to, to, to self-healing, I think, from childhood. My mom always had self-help books and she was interested in her own healing and then I was a psychology major and I was always fascinated by it and this idea of, you know, healing your wounds, your traumas, how it affects your body, go, you know, and so forth. Do we ever get there? <laughs> I'm honestly asking. Oh Heather, gosh. what do you think? Oh my gosh, I feel like yes and no. That's what I think too. That's what I think too. <laughs> I think you never really get there because... You never really get there because we're here to do that, right? I mean, ultimately... Everything on this planet is evolving. We are evolving as well. Our species is evolving, but our evolution looks a little bit different. I believe that our evolution is an evolution of consciousness. Yes. And our evolution is one of personal growth and healing that we continue to grow and evolve. And that growth and evolution for us looks like continuing to go a little deeper, a little deeper. Now, for me, you know, I've done a lot of the deep cathartic work where it's like taking a sledgehammer to who you thought you were <laughs> and shattering it so you can put the pieces back together again. So now when I, you know, when something comes up for me, it's a much subtler, deeper, quieter level. Yeah. You know? So it's not as as like intense. It doesn't take me on this like super intense cathartic journey like it would have eight years ago. Do you feel like you know yourself now? Yes, I do. And it's beautiful. And I love myself. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that the goal to return to love, as Marianne Williamson would say? Like, we yes. have to remember who we are as spiritual beings, not just human beings. And that is remembering that we are pure love. And it doesn't have to be religious. I don't care what religion you are. But to realize that at all times you are loved and all you have to do is be open to that. Yes. And let go of all the walls you've built against love. Absolutely. That is our job. And there's still there's still layers. Yeah. I just recently got married. Congratulations. Congratulations. You know, everything that I knew intuitively was possible in love and a relationship. I was like, I had been engaged several times before. <laughs> <laughs> How many? 
times uh three uh, three whoa. times <laughs> three times before your actual before your marriage now yeah wow good for you girl that's so awesome. it's better than three three engagements are better than three divorces that's right that's, that's true right. so i never made it to the finish line and actually this this time um one of my best friends from germany she was like I'm coming there to make sure that you go through with this. <laughs> you know, like making jokes. like uh, You're the you runaway know. bride, that movie. Yeah, the runaway. And so I got married in this beautiful, big, rustic sort of barn. And there was horses next door. And she was like, I'm going to get horses and injections so that they... <laughs> No, she didn't have to worry this time because I, I I found my match. I was waiting for him. Aww. I was patiently waiting for him because I knew intuitively that there was a there was a different way of showing up in love and relationships. I knew it was possible and I you know, I had done the work myself and I wanted to be in a more evolved conscious relationship with someone who was willing to go there with me. Yeah. You know, who was willing to hold that space for me to go there myself and was willing to look and go deep within himself. And it is so powerful. It is so beautiful. You know, and this relationship has been so incredible for me. I came back to the States and I actually hadn't dated an American since I was a teenager. Um, so not, not, I mean, just, I was out of the States, you know, yeah. and I got on to match and I, cause I was living on this little island. I didn't know where I was going to meet someone. Um, and I ended up meeting this guy, but he's Brazil. <laughs> he's from Brazil. And <laughs> this is an eat, pray, love. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he loves to cook and he plays classical piano and he's, yeah. So he's, <laughs> he's, he's pretty amazing. Oh, well. And so he's really just giving me the opportunity to finally be in the space where I can really spread my wings and bring this message to the world. So, well, we're really happy for you. That's really beautiful. And I remember, so Susie, um, Heather and I drove up to this retreat together. It was about, I don't know, three hour drive in Massachusetts. And, you know, she told me the story of meeting her husband and she's just glowing, completely glowing. And she's already like a blonde with big, beautiful hair. Like, you're just like, wow, this girl glows. Stop glowing. (laughs) (laughs) Tone down your glow. But let's talk about this because, you know, love is something, and I'm talking about um, romantic love now, that a lot of people are struggling with finding. And I know for myself, I have a lot of girlfriends right now, and their goal in 2017, Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, their goal in 2017 is to find the one. And I I try to guide them by saying, you know, be the person that you want to um, attract, right? And there's always... So all- they're totally doing this, Charlotte, from Sex and the City. I'm getting married this year. <laughs> Probably. Congratulations. <laughs> no, I haven't found him yet. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Um, but like... To find true love, you have to fully love yourself. And if you don't, you're going to find someone that vibrates at a lower frequency that you are vibrating at. This is why people break up. This is why people get divorced, because they're both vibrating at that frequency. And then someone elevates or, you know, sometimes someone goes down. And so and you can heal that. You can go up and down. You can find yourselves together. It's not a death sentence. Don't get me wrong. I feel like Susie's looking at me like, wait a minute. Yeah, but what I, I have a yeah, but. But, I'll but what finish. I mean is, is that you 
you have to be loving yourself so hardcore that you have no attachment to the outcome of what he looks like, what he does, all that thing, all those types of things. You have to just be in tune to the energy of who that person is. He, she, you know, whoever you love. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, well, but they also say that you do choose mates and that goes back to the question, are we ever there that help you heal some things from your past and that, that you push it not intentionally, but you somehow find the mates that, that kind of push your buttons, put your push your buttons, you. so you can heal those kinds of wounds and heal them together, and for sure grow stronger. I do agree with you. I you think know, it's almost two separate the, things. Those are the men that were were fiancés but never husbands to me. For you, yeah, yes, gotcha. Right, like I I needed to have those relationships to help me see patterns within myself that needed deeper healing and attention and love. Right. I needed to be in those relationships to have those experiences so that I would be so much more clear about what I really want. Yes. In a relationship. And in this relationship, it's not that there's never anything that we're working on, but it's there's so much flow and ease and grace and harmony and respect in the relationship. And I think that the most important thing for these women, and I have a lot of, I remember my mom at my wedding looking at all my beautiful, powerful, independent, successful women friends who are single. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I was looking around and there were so many that came up to catch the bouquet. And I was thinking, why are they all single? <laughs> and then she was like saying who they are, you know, these beautiful, strong, independent, successful. And she's like, oh, maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I can just say this to all the women who are out there and men too, who, and I do this with my male clients as well. If you're really searching for love, it is so important to get clear on who you are and what is most important to you, how you want to show up in life. What are your core values? What's the foundation? Because if that foundation doesn't match you're not going to be able to build a strong relationship house on it. That's so true. And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, I'm with someone and I don't know, maybe you're married, maybe you're not. Um, But the truth is, is that you can heal together. You can work on this together. These relationships are holy assignments. They are spiritual assignments. They're there for a reason. These people show up into our lives for a reason. And sometimes you know, those really tough relationships are, are the people that we're married to. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean that those are people that we end up staying with the rest of our lives. And sometimes those are really hard decisions that I have to walk my clients through very, very consciously and very slowly. And they do a lot of deep healing first themselves. And they end up making a decision from a place of of clarity and confidence and love for that person and for themselves. That's beautiful. And what are some of the exercises you lead clients through? I know you do um, a lot with meditation, manifestation, tapping. What else, what what kind of what are some of your core exercises, your core ways of helping people heal? I take people through a process that goes over about six months. When you come to my retreat, you're like in this incubator and we do a lot of deep work really fast. Mm -hmm. And because of the collective energy, it takes you even deeper. So that's awesome. Um, But when I'm working one-on-one with people, it's, it's a process that takes time. And we go really deep into understanding your story. 
you know, who, who are you? What brought you to where you are today? How are you showing up in life and in love and starting to become more self-aware? So that process of becoming more self-aware is a process of, of setting the intention of really wanting to become more self-aware, right? Because I first have to be aware of my triggers, of my patterns, of when I'm projecting, of when I'm operating from this unconscious place of deeper programming and totally unaware of it. It's just how I've been doing it for so long and I just do it. It's my default, right? So mm -hmm. we really, we, we work together to shine the light of awareness on those unconscious parts of oneself. And when you have that awareness and you recognize start to recognize the patterns, start to recognize the triggers. Then I take them through this process of being able to literally in the moment, stop. Once they recognize, they have the awareness, they recognize they're doing it, stop. I tell them to drop inside. And drop inside is a really simple technique that I teach to everyone who comes to my retreats and every single one of my clients. And that just helps you get really present, really fast and unhook from whatever it is that was just causing you emotional distress or discomfort, whatever it was that was just triggering you. Yes. So to just, even to just, even if you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious with everything that's going on and you find yourself sort of spinning, we get caught up in the busy trap and we're just stuck in this spin cycle on the surface of life. You know, so in that moment, when you recognize and you become aware because you've set the intention to become aware, so you recognize that you're doing it and you just take a moment to take a deep breath and place your hand over your heart. I always tell people to do that because it helps you to get centered. It helps you to come and drop back into your body because we're stuck up in our heads. So we want to take that journey from our head to our heart, taking a nice deep breath. And if you can, closing your eyes. And just getting centered again. And that takes practice. For me, I don't have to close my eyes. I just put my hand over my heart. And I just kind of call my energy back to me. And I want to then observe what's going on. What is my inner dialogue? Because we're feeling the way we're feeling because of the way we're thinking. Yes. Right? The thoughts create the emotions that create our response, our reaction, our action, our inaction. Which creates our the quality of our life. Continues to create our future. So we have to get really clear on what the stories are that we're creating. And those are little day-to-day -day stories as well as the big life story. You know, I tell those stories that I told at the beginning from a very empowered place. Those stories do not disempower me anymore. Yeah, they empower you to help others heal because people yes. can hear your stories and go, oh, that's like me. And if she healed, maybe I can heal. Yes. And being able to see those things as happening for me and not to me is one of the things that sets me free. Being able to tell my story from an empowered place. If you can do that, then awesome. Your work is done. If you look back and you're still the victim to whatever happened in your life, you've got work to do. Yeah, so true. And I've played the victim so many times in my life. And I know so many people that do it. And it's unconscious sometimes. But once you become aware, then yeah. you you have all the power. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so when you become aware of those stories, and you know, you really ask yourself, like, what am I making this mean about me? 
because you're creating a story. You're making it mean something about you. And it's usually not true. Like 99.9% of the time. (laughs) It's not true. (laughs) Like you're creating a story based on your past experiences that you're unaware of. You're totally unconscious that you're doing it. You're drawing conclusions about you, about them, about the world. And it's like doomsday and it's all fear-based. And so, Why do we make these stories about us? Why do we do that? Oh my gosh, this is this is one of the things that like just I I find our human psyche so fascinating. It really is. It is so fascinating to me and just the way that, you know, we could go like into a whole nother podcast around this because the way that we develop um emotionally and mentally and spiritually when we're young and the way that the brain develops and the way that we're taking in information and we're creating all of that unconscious programming up until about eight years old. And of course, further experiences and traumatic experiences form and shape the deeper beliefs and fears that then then dominate your life. So right? do you think it do you think it's evolution that that's just the way our brains are set up and then it's just doing what it does? Or do you think that like I had this idea that we're not utilizing the full potential of our brains that our brains are so powerful. It's like, oh, I gotta get I gotta do something with this. And I'm kind of really asking this question. I don't like, why do we do this? <laughs> why do we torture ourselves? Why do we torture ourselves? <laughs> we are a product of our environments, right? So look around. Think about the shows you watched when you were growing up. Think about the songs you listened to. You are programming your unconscious mind to think a certain way about yourself, about your body, about men, about life. You're a product of that environment. Whatever religion you grew up in, whatever church experience you had, good, bad, ugly, and different, the family dynamics that you grew up in, ancestrally, thought process, beliefs are passed down to us, right? And this is just, we're, we're just born into this soup, this collective soup. And then we're in it and we're a product of that environment. And all of that programming is is below the level of our conscious awareness. And so we don't even know necessarily why we show up the way we do, but when we get really quiet, then people usually can make those connections, connect the dots and understand how their early experiences in childhood formed those dominant beliefs that have kept them from being able to truly get close to another human being, to be truly vulnerable, to love themselves, to live from a place of love instead of fear. They, you know, they start to just uncover and uncover and they, they make those connections between how I'm showing up today and what got me here, you know, that those experiences when I was younger. And so once you have that awareness, you can then do the work to, you know, when you get curious and you look what's underneath, what's underneath, what's underneath, what's underneath, you dig deeper until you hit the core, the core belief, the core fear, and then really asking yourself, well, what is it that I really want here? And what do I need in this situation? And you start to repattern and reprogram the way that you, the original decision you made, what you made it mean about you. Because remember, those decisions were made from the emotional maturity of a six-year-old. And I would like to point out that If anyone is listening and they think, wow, this sounds hard, this sounds like a lot of work, um, you can do this guided by a therapist who's really good, um, but you can also do this on your own. 
in the comfort of your own home, in your bed, somewhere comfortable, and just go back to a memory. Put your hand on your heart, just like Heather said, and let yourself feel the emotion of that memory. As you let that out, that anger, that hurt, whatever it was, someone told you, oh, you're not good enough, or you didn't make the team, or mom yelled at you, or, you know, brother's better than me, or whatever you told yourself at the time, you can let yourself feel that feeling. And in that moment, you will start to feel the love and the healing come into your body. I guarantee it because I have done this work. And I'm just pointing that out because I feel like Sometimes we get overwhelmed going, I have so much work to do. And I've yeah. been that person. And I still sometimes feel that way. But you can heal something in five minutes. And it may oh. come back and it may not. That's right. true. That'll yeah. agree with you can. You can heal it in less time, actually. Absolutely. And I think that that's sort of the paradigm we're shifting into in our evolution of consciousness, that we're going to come to a place where you know how we're always like, You have to break down to break through, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel it to heal it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You do have to feel it to heal it, right? And, but you don't have to wait till you're on your knees. You don't have to wait till you're at rock bottom, you know, but that's just what we've, we've chosen to believe collectively. Right. That in order for us to rise back up and be who we were, are really called to be in this lifetime, that we have to somehow, our whole lives have to, we have to be faced with a diagnosis, divorce, accidents, trauma, illness, you know, just the fear of the future that's so massive that you finally start to make some changes. You know, we don't, we don't have to do that anymore. There's a lot of people that still, still are in that mindset, that mm-hmm. belief system, but I do think we're shifting to quantum leaps, quantum healing. People who are waking up and the people who have been waking up in the last three years are like quantum leaping past me in my healing. (laughs) That's amazing. That's beautiful. Um, So let's take a quick break and we're going to come right back and hear Heather's perspective on what's happening in the world right now and how we can make a positive impact through our thoughts, beliefs, feelings, and actions. Today's show is sponsored by the Global Healing Center. You know them. We talk about them all the time. You know that all their products are organic, are free of GMOs, use no toxic ingredients, are eco-friendly. And you know that I'm obsessed with their Parfait Visage. And I'm obsessed with their Aqua Spirit Refreshing Spray. And you know we scored a discount code for you to get 20% off of their products. Yep. Use coupon code FOODHEALS to get 20% off plus free shipping on your purchase at globalhealingcenter.com. You are listening to the Food Heals Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. All right, Food Heals Nation, we're back with Heather. She teaches her clients that radical self-care is not just about how many hours you sleep at night or eating an organic diet. It's about cultivating healthy relationships, living in alignment with your truth and purpose, having a deep connection to a power greater than yourself, and having a supportive community of like-minded individuals who are there for you as you are there for them. I love that so much. So Heather, let's talk about what's going on in the world. You said a lot of people are making these quantum shifts, and we've got so much turmoil going on right now um, in the U.S., and how can we make a positive impact through our thoughts, beliefs, and actions? And how can we heal the trauma of what what we're going through, like collectively? Yeah. 
So, you know, that's such a powerful thing to talk about right now. Just, you know, everything that is up for us, especially I feel here in America, you know, it feels like the last, you know, six months to a year, things have just been getting more and more raw for people. And I know for myself and a lot of my clients, there've there have been a lot of deeper wounds and trauma that has been brought up to the surface just through everything that's been happening for us. Yeah. And Heather, I just want to say I witnessed that so strongly at this retreat we were at, you guys, because um, I'm not a, vic- a victim of, of sexual assault. And so my heart goes out to anyone listening who is. But the people that express their stories when we were at this um, retreat I was bawling crying that night and it's and it's all all their wounds have been reawakened um when president trump said you know grab him by the pussy okay yeah this type of you you know it bothered me as a woman as a feminist it's it re- fucking disgusting yeah it's fucking disgusting it really bothered me but it really yeah. re-traumatized a lot of people yeah. yes And, you know, Heather, I think you I can't remember if you said this on the break or on the podcast, but, you know, this all happens for our healing. And there's half of me that is like, okay, there's a reason for all of this. We all have something to heal. And there's a part of me that just says, motherfucker. Well, what a strange way. I mean, you would. I mean, I was with you on election night. Our jaws were dropped. It's like, what a weird way. I mean, yeah, I guess you could look at it that way. Like his his words are reopening these wounds but on a uh, of all of these people but on a massive scale i mean what a strange thing it's just so strange to me how do we look at this spiritually heather and not want to you know vomit (laughs) i hear you ladies just take a deep breath (laughs) hand on heart Susie and i are not healed yet from this (laughs) no no i'm i'm not just you know and i think for me, even some of the spiritual principles that I have used to really set myself free apply to me as an individual, as well as all of us collectively. Mm-hmm. And if we really truly have this spiritual mindset and we're on this path of healing and evolution and personal growth and really understanding how things work, and we have to apply these principles, we have to apply these tools right now in these times for this situation that we are in. Because that is the only way we are going to heal from it. You know, we don't always know why something happens. And we can't always say, you know, like I have a a lot of clients who have been faced with a cancer diagnosis. And the, the why, as far as their contribution to why it came, isn't necessarily always as important as what am I going to do with this? How am I going to choose to interpret this situation? Am I going to let it disempower me or empower me? Am I going to go into a place of love or fear around this situation? I know if I trust in my heart, in every cell of my being, that everything in my life happens for my growth and evolution because that is what how nature intended life. That's, that's what we're here doing. We're here evolving. If everything is happening for me, for my evolution, I can choose. I get to choose. The one thing that separates us as a species from every other species that we are aware of on the planet is our free will, mm-hmm. our choice, our consciousness. So I get to choose whether or not I want to receive the gift of that experience 
uncover the lessons, unpack it, understand it, heal it, or not. You know, when you're in a, in a, you know, I have so, so many women, I know you can probably relate to this, but when you attract the same guy over and over again, yeah. right? <laughs> when these patterns in your life just keep showing up because you haven't fully showed up for whatever it is that you're being called to look at within yourself. Yes, that is so true. And so this doesn't just apply for us individually. It applies for all of us collectively. And I believe that there there are no mistakes and that pres, you know, soon to be president Trump is here for a reason and that everything that he is bringing is a reflection of our collective shadow. Everything that he is waking up inside of people is darkness that was there, our wounds that have needed healing. Yeah, It's not that this stuff wasn't there before and all of the sudden it is because someone like him is standing there being a voice for it, but it's because it's a reflection of what's already there. And it's, it's deeper healing that needs to be addressed. And this is a catalyst for us. We can choose to see this as an opportunity or we can wait until we get knocked down even further until we don't have a choice, but to either totally surrender in the not good kind of way, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or get back up. I had a, uh, I don't know why, but tonight I'm, I'm seeing pictures of from movies <laughs> things <laughs> images that come to me and I just had this I was watching Ghostbusters the other night and there's a moment where like the city is like oh we gotta shut the machine down that's holding all of the ghosts that they've trapped right mm-hmm. and all of these demons and and green creatures and ghosts and are just released all at once. And that is how I kind of saw is like this funnel. You're right. It's not it's not that it didn't exist. It gave Shed a gave light it, a, on it. it gave it a tap, like a yeah. beer tap into it to just <laughs> flow. That's it yeah. was already there. No, I was like the people on SNL that were like, I guess America's really racist. And I don't mean any like disrespect by that. I just thought we were so far ahead of where we are. I had I did not expect this to come up, but if I can share this, um, I had a very traumatic experience with someone who I met for the first time who my husband is friends with, apparently. (laughs) And um, I met him. And as soon as I walk in, I've heard of him, but I hadn't met him before. And as soon as I meet him, I walk in. He's like, where do you stand politically? Really? That's how you greet? That's that's how how you were greeted? Yeah. And, oh. and I, you know, this is one thing that I am extremely... Susie, you're very unapologetic about that. Yeah, I'm extremely passionate which I, about Which I like. <laughs> well, but even the, but even so, on our show, even sometimes I've been like, I don't want to alienate people, but I have to speak my truth. However, he, I, I've never even met in L.A. I've met him outside of L.A., but not in my inner circle, not in West Hollywood, have I met a Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, well, I don't like Trump. So and I was kind of saying it half jokingly, half not. But I wasn't like I was not expecting. I've never I've never met one person who would disagree with that. But this was a mile away in the heart of WeHo. Okay, so and this guy went all he went like he got he first of all, he was drinking, but he got really, really dark with me. Oh, gosh. And 
Mm. I was shocked. I was like, what the hell is going on here? And and he's, he we got to the point where he's like, I was a Bernie supporter. And I'm like, then how? Where and did you go? How, wait, but, but but he got, but but even when you were discussing, um, like he got really uh, aggressive with me and then like really aggressive regarding Hillary, like hated her, mm. hated her. And then like, I felt like as a woman, and I get also have never been violated in, in any kind of physical way, but I felt scared at that moment. Like I backed down because I was like, this guy's been drinking and there's really no point in talking about yes. this. And I tried to change the subject and he kept going back to it. Yeah. This and is all like, his issues. And I was he like, has nothing to do with you. But he was, a, he said he's a Bernie supporter, but he got so aggressive about he Like he was one of these. And I, it was in that moment. I was like, oh, people, there's some people that really hate Hillary. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just because like of, just she's as a much woman. as we hate Trump. There are people that hate Hillary just as strongly. Worse. Yeah. Absolutely. Worse. Worse. And so just what I want to, what I want to offer right now is to just check in with your energy because, you know, the way that we're speaking about these things that come up is really important because remember what we focus on expands when we're paying attention to certain things, when, when we're looking for, are we looking for what's right or are we looking for what's wrong? And we are, are continuing to, and this is what the media did, mm-hmm. was, you know, they focused on broadcasting Trump and we continued to pay him attention. Our attention is our greatest currency. What we give attention to, we feed. We were feeding him. We were giving him our life force, energy, and power by paying him so much more attention than anyone else. We gave him this power. I blame him. I think he knew what he was doing. He, you know, he said the most absurd, outlandish, racist, misogynistic, homophobic, xenophobic things. And then we all that, fed into like, how could you the not, anger of that. How could you not? Yeah. So this is exactly what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So, CNN spent a lot of time on Trump Mm -hmm. and, you know, and then when we get into the, he said, she said, when we get into the us and them mentality, when we see ourselves as separate, when I see him as separate from me, I am a part of the problem, not the solution. Yeah. Because in my belief system, we are all one. Everyone else is a reflection of me. If I am judging him, I am judging a part of myself that needs my love and attention in order to heal. He cannot be anyone else for us if we see him in one light. So true, Heather. And another thing that you said at the retreat was you can't fight hate with hate. And that really resonated with me. Yes. You know, and it's like there's an Albert Einstein quote, and who knows if Albert Einstein really said all the things people say he said, (laughs) to be honest. I hope he did, because I quote him all the time. (laughs) But listen, so one of the things that he says is you cannot solve a problem from the same level Mm -hmm. from which it was created. So just know, you know, and this is what I, you know, and I live up here in Washington State, and you're on the West Coast too, right? Mm -hmm. So we're in very liberal areas yeah. where we're just around people who are more likely to vote for Democrats and who lean very strongly in one direction. Mm-hmm. But the energy, start reading the energy, the aggression, the hate, the anger, the rage, the disappointment, the confusion, the frustration. 
that energy exact same as what you're hating on the other side. Yeah. So you are a part of the problem if that is the energy you are taking out into the world and speaking from that place. Yes. Because we can't stay there. Those emotions are low vibrational emotions that keep us stuck in fear. They're fear-based emotions. And if we stay in that place and we constantly look at him as someone separate from ourselves, and this is what last year in all of my Soul on Fire retreats, I brought up Trump. And, and at first it was because I watched every single debate and I would sit there and, and you know be on the couch and I could feel myself starting to get triggered. And I'm yeah. like, oh man, oh man. I'm just, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, okay, hold on. And this is, you know, and that and at that time it was my fiance, and you know, he's sitting there watching with me, and I'm like going through my process, right? And I'm like, okay, what am I judging in him right now? <sighs> what am I seeing in him? What are the names I'm calling him? Okay, what is he? Okay, he speaks too big for his britches. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that was, that was one of them, I remember. Yeah. Doesn't have, he doesn't even know what he's talking about. Right. And I would just, and I'm like, okay, wait, drop, drop, breathe. How am I that? Where am I that? How am I denying that aspect of myself? Because in the concept of wholeness, I am all things. I am both my shadow and my light. And in that acceptance and allowing I am whole. And so I look at him and if I see something in him and I feel emotionally charged or triggered, it has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with me. And that's where our work needs to be focused. And in from that place of having really doing the work and showing up for it and going deeper into our own healing process, because, you know, as we mentioned, this, all this whole election process opened up so many wounds and women around the country and around the world have just been in a place of just being shocked and and raw and i have been holding space for deep healing for childhood trauma for molestation for for men like him who have violated women and i've had my own experiences with men like that and that's not even a story i told you yet mm-hmm. right but i know men like trump and i know how hard it is to speak up against a man like trump and I I know that those women who came forward had a very, very difficult decision to make by coming forward. And the things that were said brought up a lot of deeper wounds that needed to be healed. So they're coming up for a reason. They're coming up to set that woman free who had that past pain, who hasn't addressed it on a deep enough level to be free. And he's there as a reflection of us of our collective shadow. It's time to face our shadow. Preach it, girl. <laughs> I feel yeah. like you are this like this this adorable, beautiful blonde preacher. And uh, the world needs to hear your voice. So I really appreciate everything you've told us tonight. It's been amazing. Yeah, thank you. I hope that that helps people who have been really struggling because I know a lot of people have and I understand you. I get you. And use your tools, apply your spiritual principles to everything, not just your personal relationships. It doesn't work like that. Apply it to everything, including the president. There's a lot of darkness that needs to be brought to the light in our country and the way things are run. And, you know, this, this movement, you know, is going to start with, with each of our individual awakening 
with our healing, with coming from a place of love, not fear, not hate. The hate causes further divide, which feeds the problem. So we just continue to feed the problem and we stay in that cycle until we can break the cycle and start building bridges and no longer say us and them, but we. In my grad school, they always say, um, every time you heal something within yourself, you heal the world. And I love that because it makes it feel um, unselfish and that, you know, everything you're doing for yourself, you're also doing for others. Yes. So are, you know, I just want to ask everyone who's listening, are you willing to show up for whatever emotions that you've been feeling, whatever deeper wounds and stories need healing? And are you willing to shift your perspective from fear to love? Are you willing to look at anyone in your life, whether, no, I don't care which side you were on. Are you willing to look at those people from a place of love, building a bridge? There's always a common denominator that you can find, that you can have compassion, understanding, and sympathy for that person. I did that with the guy who raped me because I knew enough about his story to understand how much pain he must have in his heart to be able to think that that behavior was okay. And I know that we all know on a deep level when something's okay and when it's not. Right. When we're in denial of that, when we're causing someone else pain and suffering, that doesn't feel good. And it's incredible that you're able to look at it that way because, you know, there's people that they'll forgive a murderer, someone who murdered, you know, someone that they loved. And a lot of people go, how could they? And blah, blah, blah. But that person has peace. That, yes. that person doesn't have that energy of hate, fear, anger, etc., resentment for the rest of their life. That person found peace. So just forgive. Forgiveness sets you free. Forgiveness sets you free. But one thing I want to really say to that, Allie, um, is that you can't spiritually bypass the other emotions. Sure. And, yeah. you know, what happened to me actually was, I, I don't know, I just was must have been born like this. Like I'm, I'm able to really feel and understand why someone is the way they are. And I knew that about this man right away. I was able to go into a place of forgiveness. I prayed for him. That was what I was spending my energy doing after that, was praying for him and the hurt that he must have to do this and that he finds healing, that he be transformed, that he be healed, that his past be be healed inside of himself. But what I didn't do was take the time to go through and process the other emotions, to get angry, to fight back in a more cathartic way until I got to that school of inner work and I started doing that deeper healing, Mm -hmm. which is why I'm bringing it back to the safe, you know, so you, we have to release those, those intense emotions, that anger, that frustration, that rage, it needs a voice, it needs to get out. And then we can shift into the vibration of love and forgiveness by building that bridge of compassion and understanding. And I think that's a really important point for women speaking from my personal upbringing, I was allowed to cry, but I was not allowed to be angry. So when as a little girl, I was called a crybaby a lot because if I was sad, I cried. And if I was angry, I cried. So I was crying a lot. <laughs> and, and I remember being confused because when I was feeling angry, but it was coming out as tears, it was just very frustrating because it was not what I was really feeling. I wanted to hit somebody, but I was not allowed <laughs> to hit somebody, but I was allowed to right. cry. And so I think that at least from for me, <laughs> and I, I, I would imagine some women feel this too, that it is yeah. important to be able to 
feel and own and process your anger and not just shift it, shift past it, no matter how uncomfortable it is to be an angry woman, because right. we're not really supposed to be angry. Right. And anger is powerful. Yeah, but it is. We, need to, we need to be able to learn how to properly work with our anger. Right. So, and so that it's not unleashed on other people. Like you don't want to see me angry. It's scary. (laughs) (laughs) You do not want to see me angry. Um, and, and so I had to learn how to process those, those emotions in a different way, in a way that was healthy, in a way that moved the energy through me instead of just hurt someone else in the process. Big difference. Yeah. Well, thank you, Heather, so much for sharing your story with us and your knowledge and wisdom and passion. We really appreciate it. And tell everyone where they can find you online, stalk you on Twitter, follow you on Instagram, call you up for some healing, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, well, I am, I'm so excited that I'm going to be offering this year um, some, some new things, a six-week program and a, and a group coaching program that's going to be tied into my Soul on Fire retreats. So I'm really excited about that. And I do one-on-one coaching with a select number of people who are really ready to do the deep work because it's a it's a very sacred space that I hold for those men and women. I work with both men and women who are ready to go deeper into their healing process. So um, I only take on a select number of clients at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can find all of that out on my website at heatherfantine.com. So that's Heather, H-E-A-T-H-E-R, and then Fantine is spelled F-A-N-T-I-N.com. Um, and that same same handle on Instagram and Facebook. So I'm I'm active on on both Instagram and Facebook. I love Instagram. So connect with me wherever you can. And I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear how this process was hearing all of these these ideas and ways of thinking and tools and if if it helps you in any way i would love to hear about it so feel free to reach out to me love that thank you so much heather thank you heather thank you happy new year happy Happy new year These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. If any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet a Kardashian immediately.